fire of the love of God. As you say, Praise God. My resume is increasing. Getting different titles. Son of man, son of God. Prayer of the love of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. How was our week? I didn't hear you. Okay, great five, fantastic. God was faithful. I, I believe that. Amen. By the way, that party yesterday was not complete, so I was not there. That's my rice. <laughs> I was expecting you guys coming with cooler to church this morning. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Sorry I couldn't make it yesterday. Had some things I could have to handle. Well, praise God. Amen. I also celebrate with my life also six years in business. Praise God. I was there from the beginning. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's like I'm always there at the beginning of many many businesses. (laughs) Praise God. Our our story is such that um, I will encourage anyone, if you follow it right, if you do it right, Stay on it, no matter how long it takes. It will work. If you did right, for it right, stay on it. It will eventually work out. Praise God. I, I remember uh, when she was about to start. One of the first challenges she had actually was that she, there was no space for an office. So I used a prerogative that that I didn't have. I said, "Use that. Uh, use my compound." <laughs> I never knew the landlord was watching. Like, what's this guy doing here with this business? He had to. Uh, I think about uh, two a week or two after the landlord met me and said that, uh, "Why are you using here for business?" Uh, I said, "Don't worry. We are moving. We are already moving out. Within a week, we are moving out." I said, "By feet." And exactly within a week, she got her office where she started from. Uh, where she started from? She started from what I call an obscure and off location, and. Um, I remember telling her then that you may not be strategically positioned, but God can bring them to you. And she started that business at that spot, in that place. One day I was amazed when I was going to her office. I saw people, women, folding their wrapper and skirts to go and meet her where she was before. If, if, some of you remember where she was before. It was water surrounded. She, was, she started from an island. But I saw people Folding there, I was like, ah, uh-uh. no, she, only she be the only tailor for you. But there's something about God when God gives you a dream, and if you can believe in that dream, believe in yourself, and believe that God will take you there, you may go through seasons in your life. See, every one of us here, we are all going through one season or the other. Even this ministry is going through a season. Do not give up the dream because the season is hard. Every season comes and goes. Praise God. But let your decision remain. You know, there was a time in my life when for me to buy a phone, it was a faith project. You understand what I mean? As in, I have to believe God to buy a phone. Not to even mention a kind of phone. Just to even have a phone. It it was a faith project. But now it's just a decision. Praise God. Life is in seasons. Life is in seasons. You, right now, you may be where at a spot where you want some things to be, to be in your life right now. You may never have it right now. But guess, guess what? Celebrate the moment you have. You only always live in today. Celebrate the moment. You know, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that it's better to eat um, herbs with someone you love than to not be in a house where there's abundance and there's no joy there. Praise God. 
what we have in our house is the best we have now. We celebrate the moment. Praise God. The days will come when bigger things will come and we we'll keep celebrating. Because the celebration and the joy is not in what you've got. It's in celebrating who you are and what God is to you. Praise God. You know, sometimes we Christians, we maybe because we don't always feel in the spirit, we think God is not there, God is not doing something. Trust me, you, you don't know what God is doing for you. You don't know. And I want you to know that God is doing something for you. See, there's a case, your case file is before the father's eyes. Your case file. But pastor, God has a lot of children. Yes, he has many children, but God has one capacity that you, you don't have. God can still deal with your own case while he deals with other people's case. Don't give up the moment and feel bad, feel worried. Ah, this, is not working, this is not working out. If you keep seeing the things that are not working out, you, you see, it's like making a mountain out of a molehill. Those problems will magnify but if you keep your eyes on what God has done for you and what he's doing right now, guess, guess what will happen? Those things will magnify. You know that song that says what? Count your blessings. Name them one by one. And it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And I, and I dare add, it will surprise you what the Lord is doing. Praise God. I don't know why I'm speaking this way, but I'm trying to talk for somebody here. Count your blessings. Name them. Hallelujah. You know, some, there are some blessings you can count that you, 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 you can't even actually handle. Father, I thank you for my, for my car. That's me. There's a car coming already. See, I don't need you to believe it. <laughs> my own faith project does not need your permission. <laughs> it is you that needs your permission for your own faith project. Praise God. But one thing I know, when the car comes, we all, we all will dedicate it. And some of you will drive the car for me, you know. Some will pack it for me. Praise God. I'm speaking. Faith speaks. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, today I want to share with us today a call Growing Up Spiritually. Growing Up Spiritually. The topic today is all about spiritual maturity. Yes, Father, we bless your name. We give you glory and praise. Because your word is true. I thank you because you open the eyes of many here to see you, to hear you. Your eyes are open to hear. Your eyes are open to see. That in understanding they will understand. And in knowing they will know. In Jesus' mighty name. Please, I would like us to come, come closer. And I want, I want you to give me your attention today. Amen. Please leave everything you, 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 you're doing, except if you're a nursing mothers. Those are really people I accepted. But I want you guys to give me your utmost attention for today's message. Amen. Growing us spiritually. I know, first, how many of you want to grow beyond where you are right now? Okay, that means today's message is for you. In fact, I, I, I doubt there's any believer that will not, will not want to grow because the, 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 the moment you stop growing, you stop reaching. Some people, some people normally say that the moment you stop growing, you start dying. I don't, I don't believe that kind of statement. That if you stop growing, you start dying. Where? So you mean the person will live, will live eternal life because you stop growing? Praise God. We have to be very careful, pastors, what the things we say. The moment you stop reading and getting knowledge, you start dying. If you don't evangelize, you fertilize. Must we use rhymes to talk what is not true? 
if you don't evangelize, you fossilize. Fossilize means to become, um, you know, those um, animals that are dead, that are now in the, underneath, decomposed. You don't need to know that. All I can tell you is this if you don't keep growing, you stop reaching. That's why Paul says, I'm saying that we don't see it as if we have gotten everything yet, but we keep on pressing towards the mark, right? We keep pressing towards the mark for the price, there's a price of the high calling. Now, he didn't say you keep pressing to pay the price. He says keep pressing for the price because the price has already been paid. Spiritual maturity is not about paying the price for the anointing or paying the price for, for the Holy Ghost or paying the price for, for speaking in tongues. It's not about paying anything. For all you know, you can actually pay, keep paying, keep paying, keep paying and not even get the price. Hallelujah. And, and, and in some cases, when you talk about spiritual maturity, what comes to some people's mind is a list, list of things you need to do to become giant in the spirit. Some people begin to imagine themselves having triceps in the spirit, biceps, six pack, spiritual men like that. But you know one thing, that is not spiritual maturity. That is what we, that's, that's what we have developed based on our own understanding of what it means to, to, be, to grow spiritually. Now, first of all, we need to accept the idea that yes, yes, we all need to grow and mature in the spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. We need to first understand that and embrace that idea that spiritual maturity is it's important for every believer. Very important. The Bible says in First Peter that as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the world that he may grow thereby. If a babe does not get adequate food, the next thing he does is to cry. But after crying, and the baby is not attending to, when the baby cannot cry again, because for lack of energy, and so he will stop. But the next thing that happens to the baby is that you start dying. And so if, 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 if over an extended period of time, that baby cannot get that nutrition, that child will die of starvation. But as people who are born in the spirit, because when we became born again, it's your spirit man that became born again. Your spirit, your spirit man was made in the image and likeness of God. If you put your spirit man here and you, your flesh here, trust me, you don't look the same thing. No. Your flesh is a reflection of your genetic makeup. Somebody say, ah, nah, this is how God created me. No, that's not how God created you. That's how your parents made you. Your parents have flat nose, you have flat nose. Praise God. And that's I'm always against those ideas when people say the way God created you, you should leave it the way it is. Stop adding to it an attachment that you are just attending God that God did not create you well. That's why you're adding attachment. Eh? In that case, as a man, don't bob your hair. Because that's how God created you. So you can imagine someone like me going to the office on Monday. I've not bad my hair for 23 years. My kind of office, I will be full for space to enter with the hair. So all these ideas will say, leave, just leave where God created you. That is not, that is how your, that's your genetic makeup. For God's sake, this is your house. This flesh, I say, is your house. Take care of your house. And some of us, we like to paint our walls green. Some orange. Some black. It's your house. Hello? That's it. I shouldn't be coming here to be telling you that you should not be putting on makeup or not makeup. That is not the gospel. 
in fact, you didn't need me to tell you that one. Just stay at home. Watch enough fashion channels or um, fashion police. Uh, all those um, entertainment channels. Go and learn from there. You, I don't need to come here and start telling you put, don't put. You don't need me. In fact, if that's the message I have for today, please go back home. Praise God. See, the Bible says that in Christ, we have a life-giving spirit. A life-giving spirit. When you go to church, you're supposed to be impacted with life by the spirit. Impartation with life. And the only way it can come is by feeding on the word. Not on my opinion. On the word. Life comes by the word. It says, for the word of God is living. And it quickens. Quickens means it gives life. It gives life. It empowers you in the spirit. Hallelujah. See, as you feel that there's a, you must eat food to keep your body going, you must also realize that you must have what? Nourishment from the word of God to keep your spirit alive. Not just, when I mean alive, I don't mean to die. You know, but I, I, mean, I mean, I mean to live the life. Hallelujah. Amen. To live the life that God has paid the price for you to enjoy. And guess what? God wants you to live like Jesus on earth. That's how he wants you to live. Like Jesus on earth. He wants you to be able to show off his goodness. No, some of you don't understand why, why you were created. It was for you to show off God's goodness. Yeah, God is in the spirit. All glory, all power, all awesome. But many people cannot see it. So God is a platform to express himself in his goodness. So he chose you. Hallelujah. So your life is supposed to give off his scent. His fragrance. The fragrance of his love. Of his presence. You're supposed to keep it out. Now there's something you need to understand. Many, many of the occult or people, occult people, those who have actually confessed, let me tell you one of, the, one of the things that they've all said and all agree. Many of those who are in occult, they say that whenever they see Christians, there's always, always see the light around them. Sometimes they call them, they, they call them the shiny ones. Now, naturally speaking, you may not see it. But those who can see in, in the realm of the spirit, they see, whenever a Christian passes by, they see a light, light around them. But guess what? Many Christians don't know that there's light, light around them. Many don't know. So they, when they're walking on the road, they just treat it like this as if they be I just they go just as big they blow me. Eh? If you know you are on the inside, you are ten thousand times bigger on the inside. And, and please don't give me that crap, like you know, the reason why witches cannot attack me is because my head's head strong. Ah. I, I whenever I search me, I, I always laugh, say, ah that can't happen to me because my head's strong. Which kind of head you get? <laughs> and you jam temptation, you go not say no be matter of head. <laughs> Praise God. So I get I get strong with your power. Ah, you never just spirit. You just was spirit, eh? <laughs> so if you remember those days in your past when you be on the bed struggling with somebody, something on, on your on your on you. As if you still wants to suffocate you. Did you use a weapon? Where was your weapon then? <laughs> Leave that in. Yeah, will power. I get I, ah, my my head is strong. <laughs> Yeah, you guys can't hear the queen go all you go see the yeah, no, carry him. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. See, in this world, there's a rarity of the spiritual warfare. There is. But you know why I don't want to come and tell you guys about how to go and fight them. <laughs> because I realize it's a better way. And you know me, I like convenience. It is a better way to do something. I'd rather follow that better way. Some people can do it three hours of fighting and prayer. I mean, I can just do by three minutes meditation in the word. So, I, 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 let me take that word. 
three minutes. <laughs> what's, what's the point of going three hours fighting when I can just maintain the word of three minutes and speak the word and go about my business and the thing gets done? Hallelujah. Well, let me just take style to celebrate high bit. Six years in business. I don't remember any day that we sat down, start to cast out demons from any area to make sure she succeed in that business. As as we are concerned, if she enters any street and, and they are all caught are operating that street, the light has entered there. And the Bible says that what? If the light enters anywhere, darkness cannot comprehend. So if darkness has operation somewhere before and light enters there, the darkness will become too confused to operate. That is who you are. That is who you are. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, I, I, want, I, want, I want to see a day that Christians will stop begging for devils to leave their house. Begging for devils to leave their streets. You go. You go. Now go. <laughs> go. Or they begin to wrestle in church. Now, you know one of the phrases, I don't know people don't think. If you're always fighting devils in church, so does it mean you, you and devils go to your church? That means your no, attendance in church is very much more than you think, Seth. You are there, angels are there, demons are there. That church, that church is large, large you. Praise God. The Bible says, but you are come to Mount Zion. Let me give you a picture of what happens to church. Hebrews 12. Simeon, do quick and go back to your message. Yes, sir. <laughs> Hebrews 12. Are we there? Are we there now? Now, I want you to first show you a picture of what happens to the children of Israel whenever they go to the house of God, especially at the mount at the mountain at the mount Mount Zion to, to sorry Mount Sinai to worship. Look at verse um, verse eighteen says. For you have not come to that mount to the mountain that, can, that, may, that may be touched with uh, that and burns with fire, and to blackness and dark and darkness and tempest. Can you see how the man, that mountain looks like? Look at the words there: fire, blackness, darkness. I never knew you could separate blackness and blackness and darkness. Though. And tempest and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words, so that those who heard it beg that the words should not speak anymore. See, do you know that it got to a point that if God was speaking, say, Moses, please tell God it's enough. We don't hear enough for today. And it was not because the message was lengthy. The sound of it alone, the environment of God appearing. Moses, please, you and God, God and talk, they give us feedback from God. I, I think we're okay with the feedback. Amen. Look at what it says concerning us in verse 20, 22. It says, But you are come to Mount Zion. No, please, this, this is the picture of what happens when you come to church. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the what? Of the living God, to the what again? To the heavenly Jerusalem. Do you know why I have to say heavenly Jerusalem? Because for the Jews those days, when they say heaven and earth, they didn't mean the heaven of heavens and earth like this. They meant heaven and earth meant to them the tabernacle. That was for them heaven on earth. That's why Jesus told them Matthew 24. It says all these things shall be fulfilled, shall not be fulfilled until heaven and earth pass away. Heaven and earth passing away was not actually the heavens being destroyed. Because how many of you have told you God actually destroy the heavens? The heaven and earth passing away was not the heavens. 
been destroyed, then God will now destroy the earth too. Now, and I will create a new heaven, create a new earth. The heavens passing away was the tabernacle and the system about it, the, the, the temple itself. That was heaven for them on earth. And the moment the heavens and earth passed away, the new, new covenant found full expression on the earth. So, whenever the saints of God come to, together like, like this, it becomes a heavenly Jerusalem. Not the earthly Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Alright. So, an innumerable company of angels. One of these is, some of you are going to see some things in this, in this, in, in this ministry. I've been praying something in my heart that some of you will begin to have a call the senior spirits. That will be in service and some of you will, begin, will see angels with us here. When we worship God, they also participate in worship. When we share the word, some sit down to also hear the word. Some of you don't know that angels go to churches to, to also hear the word too. Hello? Do you know it's in the scripture? Ephesians 3. Should I show you that place? Or should I just continue? Should I show you? Ephesians 3. Hold that same place. I'm not sure there. Thank you, Jesus. Manifold wisdom of God. Manifold wisdom of God. There's a particular verse that talks about the manifold wisdom of God. I think it's Ephesians 3. Alright? Yes, Ephesians 3. Look at um right, look at from verse um eight. It says Paul was talking here, it says to me. Who I'm less than the least. <laughs> Paul is very humble sometimes. I'm less than the least of all the saints. This grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of what? Look at what he said there. He says, God gave me a grace to preach something that is not searchable. That thing that was not searchable was both to men and to angels. Okay? The unsearchable riches of God, of Christ. Ephesians 3 verse 8. And to make all, this, are you following that? To make all see what is what? The fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God. If it was hidden in God, would any man know? Would any angel know? No. Now, let's continue. Hidden in God, who created all things through Jesus Christ. To the intent, now this is the purpose that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the what? Speak. Ah, are we not there? That now what? The manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly. Did you see it there? The manifold wisdom of God will be made known by the church to who? The, mani- the principalities and powers. And who are they? Angels. So what God, does God do? He God places the Holy Ghost inside of you. By the Holy Ghost, He reveals to you the things that are unsearchable. Wisdom. And angels hear it through you. Now, would you say angels we also choose church? Yes, I can, I can agree with that based on scripture. So I can't hear that thing that pastor said. <laughs> 
I don't figure that church today. That church is too dry. <laughs> we talk about politics. <laughs> Praise God. No, seriously, some people spend their time talking about politics. And if that is what I want to talk, discuss with you, I don't think we need a church service up to discuss politics. AIT is there already. It's enough. We can get enough from there. I shouldn't come here talking about political parties. No, the word. You will not grow thereby hearing about a political party, but you grow by thereby hearing of the word. Faith does not come by hearing about a political party, it comes by hearing of the word. Political party will not quicken your spirits, but the word will do. And trust me, after going through six and seven days in the career field, in the business field, you've been beaten here and there, challenged here and there. You don't need to come to church and not hear not start hearing about challenges again. You need to not hear about what God says about your challenges and what God says about who you are. So when you go back to those challenges, you have the fortitude to face them. Praise God. Amen. Now, have you seen it? So now, let's, can we go back to Hebrews 12? I was showing you the picture of the church. In Hebrews 12. So you come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. How many angels? Please. Please tell me how many. It says innumerable. That means you cannot start counting. It's like me telling Jessica, please count the stars. Nice. Pastor Simeon, tell me that. Just tell me that you, don't, you want to embarrass me. <laughs> Amen. Alright. To the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. To God, the judge of all, to the spirit of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of speaking that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. You are not the one that will make the blood speak. They said the blood is already speaking for you. So when you come into the house of God, this is what is happening here. Beyond the message and the music, beyond all that, this is what is happening. So when we say lift up holy hands to the Lord, this is why we are saying this, because everybody will participate, not only you, also the angels too. Hallelujah. Praise God. So this is the picture of it. Now, in coming back to where I, I left off, I was saying that spiritual maturity is not, it's not, it's not about the list of things you need to do. Spiritual maturity is not, not about I need to die to now become like, you now become a John the Baptist that says that um, that I must decrease, that he might increase. That's not spiritual maturity. No. That's John the Baptist who realized that his ministry was no longer, um, the place of his ministry was no longer needed, but Jesus had to not come in. Now, see, let me show you what happened to something. Everything that happens in the Bible is very intentional. Elijah had to give way for who to enter? Elisha. Do you know that Elijah did not die when he was taken away? I did this teaching in church one day. He did not die. He was transported by the Spirit into another place. Elijah's ministry had to move out. Same thing happened to John the Baptist. Elijah, El, John the Baptist, who was called the, the, the Elijah to be expected, had to give way for Christ, who, who became Elisha, to, to continue to speak. Elisha performed many, many, twice as many miracles than Elisha did. Jesus did what John could not do. <coughs> Elisha multiplied loaves. 
See, if you look at Elisha's uh, miracles, they were creative miracles. Many of them were creative miracles, like Jesus. Elisha and Elijah, the picture of Jesus and John the Baptist. Praise God. So when you are in, when you are in, it's not about saying, I have to decrease, when you decrease. No. Christ has come into you and he came into you in his fullness. Praise God. Special mature choice is not, not about what you need to say. I have to give up this bad habit for me, me to become mature. That's not even itself at all. Praise God. So maybe for, maybe for today, I, I'm going to spend time telling you what it is not. Amen. Now let's look at the book of Colossians. I want to show you something there. Colossians, Colossians. Colossians 1 and verse 19. Colossians 1 19. Are we all there? It says what? For it pleased the Father that in him, who is in him here? Jesus, right? For it pleased the Father that in Jesus all the fullness should what? Well, please look at it again. For it pleased the Father that in Jesus all the fullness, the fullness of what? Of the Godhead should dwell in him. So Jesus is embodiment of the fullness of the Godhead. Jesus is not just one part in, in, in the fullness, he is the fullness of the Godhead. So he within himself carries the glory of the Godhead. Hallelujah. Verse 20 and says, And by him to reconcile all things to himself, and by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Now, that same um, book, look at chapter 2 now. Are we there? It says, uh, let's take from verse um, verse 12. It says, buried with him in baptism. That's we. We were buried with him in baptism. In whom you also were raised with him. We were raised together with him. through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you, being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of the flesh, he has made a life together with him. Having forgiven you all your trespasses. Hallelujah. Are you seeing the flow? You are buried together, made alive together. You are forgiven of all your trespasses, all sins, not some, all. And having wiped out the, the handwriting of requirements that were written against us, which was contrary to us, he has taken it out of the way and having nailed it to the cross, he disarmed principalities and powers and he made a show of them triumphing over them in it. Okay? Now, look at verse... Okay, let's, let's, let's just continue. So let no one judge you in food or in drink, or regarding any festival, or, or a new moon or Sabbath, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you, 
of your reward, taking delight in false humility. Please, are, are you seeing what, what you're saying there? That's anything that people can cheat. People can cheat you of the life of God by giving you rules to keep. That look religious and have this false sense of humility. Okay? Taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into things which he has not seen, veining popped up by his flesh, not holding fast to the head, from whom all the body nourished and knit together by the joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. Look at that place again, verse 19. And, holding, and not holding fast to the head. Who is the head? The Bible says Jesus is the head and we are the body, right? Not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grows with the increase that is from God. Do you see the flow there? Jesus being the head nourishes the, the body. With the increase that is from God. And he himself is the embodiment of the fullness of God. So we the body will receive what nourishment for growth by being what? Knit together, being part of him. Now, there are three main ingredients for growth. And I'd like you to get this. Three main factors that promote growth. Now, I'm going to use an analogy of a baby. You don't have to become different to grow. You don't have to become different to grow. When a baby comes into the world, the baby comes complete as a human being. The baby has eyes, ears, nose, legs, limbs, hands, tongue, the things that you have. But the baby cannot do the things you can do now because the baby does not yet know how to make use of those things that he has. The baby needs to grow strength in, in, in the bones and the muscles to be able to exercise the limbs he has. The baby doesn't have to become something different to grow. The baby was first of all born as a human. And likewise with you, you were born as God. Pastor, are you, going, are, you going, are you not going too far? No. If a dog gives birth to a dog, if a goat gives birth to a goat, God will give birth to what? Psalm 82. You are, you, are, you are gods, but you die as men, men because you do not know. You are gods. If you are born of God, you are God, you are God on it. Hallelujah. Amen. We are part of that body. So what happens to the baby? Now, you, you know you can't command growth. Do you know that? Hello? You can't call treasure and say, Treasure, I command you. Start speaking now. It won't work. Maybe she'll say, Hey? But no, she won't respond and say, No, I, I will grow tomorrow. Now, of course, if you call her right now and say, Treasure, you must start talking now. And she tells you, When do you want me to start talking? Then you will run. I trust mommy treasure, she will run. <laughs> it's not you, you, you say, hey, praise the Lord, she's talking. No, say, hey, this one, I feel not me no more. <laughs> Why? There's a time and there's a place for growth. And some of you need to give yourself that breathing space too. I know, yes, there are some people you see who you admire. You see some people say, hi, this guy, they quote Bible. Ah, ah. Give out, just mention one topic, you mention seven scriptures. Ah, when will I become like this kind of person? 
or the critic and praise everyone else. Ah! This person grown spiritually. Please let me also say this. Activity does not guarantee maturity. You can pray seven hours and not and still be a spiritual babe. Another thing that does not guarantee maturity is age in Christianity. Trust me, there are many old babes who are Christians. Some are elders, some are pastors, some are deacons. Say we have been born again since 30 years. You could have been a baby for 30 years too. Maturity is not about age. Maturity can come with age. But age on its own does not stand for maturity. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me show show you something in the book of Hebrews 5. (laughs) Just to portray this point. Hebrews 5. Trust me, I've seen elders that are babies reading newspaper and doing service. Discussing politics inside service. I mean, this is doing service, so not after service. Doing service, reading newspaper. Hebrews 5, are we there? Look at verse 12. It says, for, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and you have come to need milk and not solid food. This was an indictment against a certain people by Paul. He said, by this time you ought to be teachers but they are still spoon feeding you. And do you know what happens in church a lot of times? People like to be spoon fed. Just tell me what I need to do. Just tell me where I need to go. Just tell me how I need to pray. Just tell me how I need to fast. That is spoon feeding. Because that is one major mark of a babe. A babe needs to be told what he needs to do. Sit down. Sit down. I say sit down. <laughs> like Joy will say, we, we normally want to correct you. Then say we flog Joy, flog him. I say don't cry. Very funny, right? You take a kid and flog a child, and, and child head. I say don't cry. The baby is not confused because he's feeling pain. I need to cry. And I say don't cry. <laughs> I will normally do it. We keep, keep, we keep doing it. <laughs> One major thing about babies, they are always told what to do. Mature people are not don't do things by instruction, they do things by, by observation and do things by understanding. They take initiative. Children don't take initiative. You'll never wake up one day and see your children, maybe Jeremy or uh, or Jesse or Treasure, just wake up in the morning and discover that they've cleaned they, they see the pile for you already. And then I ask you, Mom, uh, mommy, would you care? Would you like breakfast in bed? <laughs> Fear will catch you. It is, our people used to say those days that if you wake up in the morning and see chicken pursuing you, say run. Because you may have grown teeth overnight. <laughs> those funny problems you normally read those days in African writer series. You never see. When the morning dawns, you may have to wake up that boy by flogging, beating him, or he will cry you up. They tell you when they want to sleep. When they want to wake up, they can poop at any time. Especially when you just finish changing the diapers. You just finish setting them up and next thing I hear, hmm? 
a a they always mess up whenever they want to mess up and the same thing with spiritual babes in Christ too messing up is a normal life but they can have a tie to and a tie to does not give you wisdom you know in the book of Ecclesiastes it says woe to a country that has a child that sits with the, with the crown on his head woe to that country <laughs> praise God hallelujah wearing a crown does not make you a king having a tie to you does not make you a leader Carrying a Bible doesn't make you mature. Listen, some people just like to have this what I call appearance thing. If you're going to pray for somebody, do you, do you trust me? Do you need to carry a Bible to go and pray? No, think about it. You're going to pray for somebody who you heard is sick in the hospital or at home. Then you not pick your that your big King James. That one as as fat as this and big. So yes, today definitely in trouble. When people now see, say, ah, that guy, ah, spirit cocoa, that guy level high. It is not about the Bible or the size of it. And you know, some people who have that kind of uh, attitude, when they see you carry the, you know, those uh, Gideon Bible, that's not one, that's not pocket one. They say, ah, this one is not sword now, this one is razor blade. That's what you say those days. Say, you can't get swords, this one is razor blade. Imagine. Anyway, put it in culture. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. That is not what shows someone as spiritually mature. He says, for the time you ought to be teachers, you still have someone to spoon feed you. What do you they say? The major mark of a spiritual babe is somebody who is always being spoon fed with milk and not solid, solid meat. Why can't you give him solid meat? Because the teeth cannot handle the meat. When you start going deep into the world, the person gets lost. No, I think we are okay with this one. Just tell us what we need to do. Pastor, shall we to pray? Abi? Let's pray. Uh, how many times a day? Let's pray. Let's study this time. Let's pray. Now, it's good to have devotionals. You know, I, I read some devotionals. But if you want your growth to be based on only devotional, you are still a spiritual baby too. <laughs> and now I'm trading on dangerous grounds. If you're growth is being measured by your devotional, you are deep. Let me tell you what God wants to do with you. If he's living inside of you, don't you think he wants to talk to you directly? No. He's, I want you to take away this mentality that when Mali happened when we were growing up. Some of you have seen those pictures those days. Jesus Christ was the last supper with his with disciples, or you see a single picture of Jesus Christ, and now right, he is the unseen guest in this house. And one question I always ask is that in your house, is Jesus a guest? The unseen guest in every house, he's always there at every meal. <laughs> Traditional religion has brainwashed us, we can't see clearly again. We started calling him a guest. No wonder there was a church in the Bible that said that Jesus had to come and knock at the door to enter. Because they made him a guest. Hallelujah. Amen. Wherever you go, he goes. Every step you take, he takes that step with you. 
You know, like that song that says, Every step I take, I take is you. You know my way, Jesus. Every la la la, Abby. Every move I make. Then Jesus. Abby, help me, help me, help me, help me, Abby. Every step I take, I take in you. You know my moves, Jesus. Every step I take, I take in you. Every move I make, I'm making you. You know my ways, Jesus. Every step I take, I take in you. Praise God. I, I love that song. This, these are songs. Those are sung by the spirit and not by the head. Amen. Every step I take is it's in you and it's you. He says, In him we live and move and have our being. We are we cannot be separated from him. Can you separate the head from the from the, from the body? So we will say this as headless Christians. Going up and down. The head is just going. There's no head. <laughs> we are together. We cannot be separated. We can't. And what affects the head affects the body, or what affects the body affects the head. My matter is his matter, and his matter is my matter. That is why I am untouchable because I am knit together with him. He is the head, I'm the body. Two of us form the body, two of us form Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Now, let me give you a snapshot. Uh, no, I mentioned that there are three, th- I said that there were three things that are important for. Spiritual growth. Let me, let me first talk about that before I go into the other aspects. First thing that is important for growth, like I said, not a list of commandments. One, diet. Diet. Food. What you what you what you have as your intake. That is why you always see babies cry for food. They don't get food, they don't grow. First thing is diet. A quality of your intake determines the quality of the kind of life you live. And your intake should be the pure word of God. Not traditions, not religion, not systems, but the word. It says desire the sincere milk of the word so you may grow thereby. This is, one, this is one major reason why in a lot of churches or places you have many people who have been there for a long time, 20 years, are still not grown because they are not getting what's sufficient what? Nutrition. If a baby who is um, about six months, you only feed that baby uh, <laughs> you say Akamu. Okay. Let's, let's say Akamu. No breast milk, just Akamu. You will notice that, that child this is mothers need to be, you know, they need to understand a lot of things. Some people wonder why a mother would, would breastfeed a child up to three months or six months, but they don't realize that that feeding they get from the mother directly is the most important nutrition that child can ever get. No other food supplements can give what the mother can give that child, and it's been proven scientifically that a child who goes through that process at least three months exclusive enjoys better health six months right okay six months and enjoys better health 
than children who have mixture. Their immune system is stronger. Their, their, their ability to recover from any setback is faster. So it's strong. It has to be strong and better too. You know? So, and some people don't realize that. I say, no. No, let me maintain myself. M- maintain yourself to disadvantage of that child. Now, some people do the same thing in church too. Just listen. Let me, I, I know I like exposing pastors, but I want you guys to get the truth. Some people withhold good, they, they know truth, they withhold it. So if I tell you all this one, you, you now know all I know. So they withhold truth. And I feed you something I call uh, concussion or bonds. Thank you. <laughs> crumbs. <laughs> Give you crumbs so that you continue to be dependent on them. And that's why you want to, one of the things you realize that whenever they give testimony or say things, they will always say, according to my pastor, or this is my pastor, this is my pastor. But you want to makes me happy here. Yeah, when you guys come to share the word, uh, share testimony, I, I, I hear you guys say, and God came true. And I stood on the word. It makes me happy. Do you know why? I'm blessed in the picture. You may remember, yes, pastor said this, yes, yes, quite right. It may happen. But it's not, my pastor said this, but according to the pastor, it's as if you, God doesn't speak to you. And I don't trust me. I don't want to be God in your life. I don't want to even be God in my life. I want to show you this is God. Embrace Him and see what He can do for you. Amen. All right. So, without proper nutrition, the child will not be able to grow strong and healthy. Likewise, when people are not hearing the word or feeding on the word, they may suffer. When it comes in the area of their health, their, their finances may not, may, not, may not be in order. Their health may not be in order. Things may not work. They may not, they may not be living what I call in wellness. Why? Because there's lack of what? Proper diet. And the diet has to be balanced too. Okay? Diet has to be balanced. So now that's where, the only way the, the word of God can be balanced as a diet is when the Holy Ghost tells you what to say per time. Amen. Second important factor for, for growth. Environment. Environment. These are the things that must be in place for, for growth must take place. Environment. Environment is, is all about what platform that can that uh, surrounds the seed for it to grow. Now, many of you learned in agriculture and in biology that if you, ch- if, if you want to grow a plant or so, and you put that plant inside the house, the, ch- the plant may not grow in the same way if you take that plant outside where you can receive what direct exposure from sunlight. Right? Now, if you're in a house where the, the sunlight comes in and touches one of the leaves of the plant, you discover that the leaves are bending in the direction of sunlight. Because sunlight is important for the growth of of that plant. Likewise, for every one of us here, the right environment is important for you to grow spiritually. And that environment is provided through the grace of God. That's what the grace of God is is for us. The grace of God represents the environment for us to be able to embrace the love of God. When when you're kind of person, you're always conscious that the grace of God is working for you, that you are the target of God's love, you see things work for you that more than you can ever work for, work, work for yourself. Every environment you are determines how you, you strive for growth. There's an environment you'll be, you will struggle for growth. There's an environment you'll be, you will struggle to express yourself or to be yourself. 
or to enjoy God. But there's also an environment you, you'll be. It'll be natural for you to just express yourself, live your dreams, be who you want to be. And God has given us his grace so that when we find ourselves in grace, we live in that environment where we can express what is in us. And what is in us is what? The glory of God. So you may be in a situation where things are not working, but because you, that external environment cannot affect the internal environment, you can still rejoice in that situation. That's why Paul can say that I rejoice in my tribulation. Why? Because he realizes that there's a greater environment that he's living in. It's called grace. The unmerited favor of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, concerning that definition, I'm limiting it to that. I, I, don't, I don't longer say it is the undeserved blessing. Do you know why? I'm beginning to realize I deserve it. I don't know what man will give away his best for trash. I'm not trash. <laughs> yes, it may be unmerited, but not undeserving. If Jesus could die for me, it means I am what dying for. Hey, you guys don't know me. I am what dying for. <laughs> I am what dying for that even divinity could, could die for me. That's how important I am. If he did not spare his own son, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? So I live in that environment. And that's why I like that statement from the Bible. It says, for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now, everyone. Those are the three ingredients for growth. And that takes me to the third one. Guidance. Guidance. So the first is food, nutrition. Second is what? Environment. Third thing is what? Guidance. Before Jeremy was one, he could not walk. But he had the legs. He had the legs. But we started telling him, you can walk, you can walk. Now escort him, escort him. Yeah, leave, walk. And before you know, when we're not living standing, you'll be wobbling, wobbling, you fall. But after a while, not now. He's walking. That's why you have the Holy Ghost living on your inside. To let you know who you are. To convict you of righteousness. To convict you that you are the one worth dying for. To convict you that, hey guy, forget these things that are happening around you. Everything has been provided. It's already provided for you. The Holy Spirit tells you that the, the picture is completed. The movie is completed and you're a, you're a winner. That's why you can look at a, a, a gory situation and laugh. Why? Because you have heard something that others cannot hear. And you know it cannot feel. Why? There's this voice that speaks within you, the Holy Ghost. He guides you. He guides you to become something. To live in a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Very important. Those three factors are there for growth. Guidance, he gives you instruction. He tells you what to do. And whatever he tells you to do is based on what he reveals of Jesus. Hello? Can I tell you something that is important that you need to understand? You see, the amount of revelation of Jesus Christ that you, ha- or that, that you have determines the fullness that you live on earth. Let me say it again. 
the amount of revelation that you have of Jesus Christ determines how well you live in this life. God has to reveal Jesus to you so that when you behold him, you become changed into him. Transform into him from one level of glory to another. So when you open the Bible, what should you be looking for? Jesus. If you look for anything else, this Bible becomes boring to you. But if you can find Jesus in the page of the scriptures, when you see him, you will see him in his beauty, you will see him in his perfection, you will see him in his love, you will see him in his completeness, and when you behold all that, guess what happens to you? You change. How many of you realize that change happens to you and happens in you even when you are not even aware? One day you realize that what your voice is changing. One day you realize you are developing features in your bodies. Did you make it happen? It happened naturally because those other factors were in place. Growth is not something you make happen. Growth happens because things are in place. So, growing up spiritually is not what you make happen. Growing up spiritually is when you make yourself available to receive from Him and walk in Him. Hallelujah. Nobody tells me that I need to read Bible seven times a day. Nobody needs to tell me that. But there's something in me that he has to know, know about, about God. And I'm not following timetable. No? Sometimes I don't read the Bible in the morning. I'm telling you guys, so you hear me. Me, sometimes I don't read the Bible in the morning. Let me say it again. In case you me, pastor, sometimes I don't read it in the morning. Sometimes I hear it. I have various ways of getting over one time. I, I, I read it or I hear it. Or I go through a book but I make sure that it's not, it's not, it's not I'm, I'm trying to make sure. I find myself doing those things and by the end of the day I would have found myself going over two chapters already without even planning to do so. Sometimes I'm walking on the, on the road and a thought comes to my mind. Redemption, redemption, redemption. And before you know it because, it, it, because it thought process I start thinking about redemption. What is Redemption. How does God see redemption? It now become, it start becoming a, a message. So I'll be taking Bosu, taking Okada. I'll be thinking redemption. And the Holy Ghost start, start connecting scriptures to me. Redemption in this area. When you get to the office, check this out. And before you know, I get to the office, I start checking my, okay, what does it say in Matthew 24? Before you know, I begin a journey. What does Paul Smith say about this? What does Joseph Prince have to say about this? By the end of the day, I have a message. That's why it seems like I'm always having something to say. Why? Because I'm open to guidance. And you can live under that atmosphere. You can live under that atmosphere. God just places a thought inside of you and that thought becomes a journey. Because an, an adventure. Hallelujah. Don't always realize, ah, as I am leaving the church, as I close my Bible like this, not the next Sunday. Yes, you may close the Bible. But your mind can still be open. Your spirit can still be open to receive from God. Hallelujah. Amen. See, when God begins to guide you by his words, you know what happens to you is that it makes your relationship with God very interesting. You get to know him. He says, they shall know me from the least to the greatest. You, you, you don't have to wait for me to hear from God. You can hear direct from God. And, and you know what God can make it very interesting? I, I, I come on Sunday and I confirm what God has been telling you or dealing with you already. 
or God can use another man of God to confirm what is already dealing with you already. It makes the journey interesting. Let me show you somewhere in the book of Psalm 119 as I begin to round up. Someone, somewhere around 19. Hallelujah. Some of you need coffee this morning. To wake you up. <laughs> Hot coffee. My advice to you, get the message. Those part that you missed when you traveled, you'll be able to recover it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are we there? Samora 19. I'm going to show you to you about one or two or three verses there. Look at verse um, 93. Samora 19 and verse 93. I'm a few numbers. Samora 19 is the longest chapter in the Bible. Alright. Are we there? Verse 93 says, I will never forget what your precepts, for by them you have given me what? You're giving me life. What, what does he want to say? Quickening me. That's what it means. Quickening me to give life. I will never forget your precepts, which is your word, for by them I receive life, or, or they give me life. The life there does not mean this life of breathing in you know, oxygen and giving out carbon, carbon dioxide. It's about living life. Hallelujah. How many of you know all of, all of us here operate on different timetables? In God's eyes. What God is taking me through is not the same thing he's taking you through. And when he when will take you there, it will not be the same time he will take me there too. So God has to guide you into life. Into living the life. And he does it by the word he places on the inside of you. So when there is nothing on the inside, guess what? The first thing find it difficult to live life. He will not be using what I call trial by error. They say that is on the walk. They say that is on the walk. He will not be going here and there. But the person who is guided knows what he needs to do part time. Even when he doesn't know what to do, but because he follows the leading of the spirits, he becomes like Abraham that said that let me God told me to go to a land he will show to me. God didn't tell Abraham, go to the land I have shown you. He said, go to the land I will show, I will show you. So in other words, as you are going, you will know. As you are going, you will know. It becomes clearer and clearer. Hallelujah. So many people today have not grown spiritually because they are waiting for God to manifest spiritually, physically, before you take a step. No. Take a step now. Take a step. It's not about you becoming somebody different. It's about you living out the full potential of Christ inside of you. Hallelujah. Let's give God praise. Amen. Let's celebrate the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's thank Him because His fullness is in us. Let's be on our feet and just celebrate Him. Let's say, Father, I thank you. For in Christ dwells all the fullness of God. And I, I am complete in Christ, who is the head of principalities and powers. I am complete in Him. I am complete in Him. I am complete in Christ, made perfect in Him, in the name of Jesus, completed in His love. His love is made perfect in me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I celebrate your love today. I celebrate your goodness today. I celebrate the Father. I am complete in His completeness. I am not half in you, I am complete in you, in the name of Jesus. He is the head, I am the body. I am an expression of his goodness. His fullness is my fullness. 
I have the fullness of his love. The fullness of his righteousness. The fullness of his glory resides on my inside. Ha, ah, yes. 10,000 times greater on my inside than I look on my outside. I walk in fullness. I know who I am. I walk in grace. Grace upon grace. Glory for glory. I know who I am. I walk in his goodness. I walk in his truth. I walk in the spirit. His spirit walks through me. He lives in me. In him I live and move and have my being. I am the expression of his goodness. I am the expression of his love. And the expression of his wisdom. Oh, thank you, Lord. I have understanding. I know things. I have knowledge by the Spirit. I may be able to see and to know what the Spirit says concerning my life per time. I am not lost. I'm not confused. I can never be in any of those places because the Spirit lives in my inside. I dwell in Him. He dwells in me. We are completing each other. One in divinity. Last year, about Santa, my, my humanity is giving expression to his humanity, divinity. I am walking in power, I am walking in glory, I am walking in grace. Kase plena kasanda gare, I am walking in honor. Rase raba sanda ye ba shiri, doors are opening for me. Doors are opening for me. If I walk in glory, I walk in grace. Lika shamba gare, araba shanda kanagare, maraka sendegare, marike brakada. Anything I touch succeeds. Anywhere I go, doors are open for me. Lasa rabagara, mara. I turn things around. I turn things around because he walks in me. He lives in me. He lives through me. Leke Rabba Santa Mangare. Father, I bless your name. I give you glory and praise. We give you glory, Lord. As we honor you. We give you glory, Lord. As we honor you, you are wonderful. You are worthy, Lord. You are wonderful. You are worthy. You are wonderful.
worship you, Lord. For you are wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Glorious God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah.